Well, bless the Lord, children of God. We welcome you to Triple C Podcast this Resurrection Sunday, as we call it, Easter Sunday morning, April the 4th, 2021. We bring you greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So as we partake of the Word of God today, we're going to take a look at Matthew chapter 27. We're going to look at verses 46 through 54. Let's open with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you. What a beautiful Sunday morning that we have here in Tennessee. We thank you for this opportunity that the sun is rising, the S-U-N is up and bright, the S-O-N is up and bright and risen. And we thank you for this time. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, my Lord, my strength, and my Redeemer. And may everyone that downloads the podcast and share it, listen to it, preferably they'll be blessed from it. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, as we've often said through the years, Father God, may you be glorified, may we be edified, and may the devil remain horrified at the name of Jesus. Bless now, this time, in Jesus' name. Amen. So reading from the, the, the gospel writer Matthew, chapter 27, and, and reading passages 46 to 57, we want to give you the storyline, as many churches around the world are celebrating Jesus' resurrection. It is the death, the burial, and the resurrection. So Matthew writes, and the red letter edition of the Bible, but it's mixed in on this particular passage of scripture. And the word of God reads from uh, Matthew chapter 27, starting at verse number 45. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabbatani, that is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of them stood there when they heard that, said, this man calleth for Elias. And straightway one ran to them and ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. The rest said, let be. Let us see whether Elias will come to save him. Jesus, when he cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quake and the rocks rent and the graves were opened and many bodies of saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. And the last verse for today. Now when the centurion had and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly saying, truly, this was the son of God. Well, that's the reading of God's word and may God bless the readers, hearers and doers of his most holy word. This Sunday's podcast is titled Good News. He's still alive. So here's what we look at. When we read this scripture, and I'm going to break it down all, all of them down, but there's a couple that I will distract from, and prayerfully you'll get the gist of what God would have us to remember on this day in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So as I want to read 45, 46 again, and this is what you will get out of that. Now from the sixth hour, which was about nine o'clock in the morning, Darkness over all the land until the ninth hour, which was about three o'clock. 
And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice and said, Eli, Eli, lama sabbatani, which is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? This is the only time in scriptural history where God could not look up on his son, Jesus Christ. Why? It is because Christ, the sacrificial lamb of God, bore all the sins of the world in that moment in time, and God had to look away. There is no other time that I've searched and researched in scriptural history where God denied or turned away his son for but a moment because he bore all the sins. Hear me real well. He bore all the sins for the world, but not all the world will accept him as Lord and Savior. He only died once and for all. He will not die again. And remember that at the baseline of the scriptures and the sermon this morning or the podcast in the name of the Lord. So Jesus Christ bore all the world's sin. God the Father could not look on him at that moment. Well, he said, preacher, here we are as we celebrate in the midst of this pandemic. And I'll never forget because we're still in the midst of it. But we are representing Jesus Christ. And here's the representation. When you, when you baptize a person, the word baptismo means to immerse. It's symbolism. Just like when we celebrate the Resurrection Sunday, when we have Holy Communion, it's all symbolic so that we represent the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The dying is what we're going to talk about today as well as the resurrection. But don't forget, after he made the triumphal entry last week, Amen. Coming across on the palm leaves. When he gave up the ghost, don't think he died. It's only when he dove down into the abyss to retrieve the keys from death, hell, and the grave so that those that will believe will never rest in eternity with Satan where the pit and the lake of fire was created for when that time comes. Don't ever forget that. Satan and the lake of fire was never created for his people. But because of the fallen angels, the scriptures say a third of the angels chose to follow Lucifer, the son of the morning, who wanted to overthrow the throne of God. God had to kick him out of heaven. And the scriptures say he came down to earth like a lightning bolt. Why? Because God is a jealous God. He don't want to have no other gods above him. I'm going somewhere. So you understand today... We talk about it some 2,000 plus years later. We in the Christendom realm of our belief, the Western culture, we are to acknowledge the death, the burial, and the resurrection. The more modern day churches call that the old, uh, that old fire and brimstone preaching. No, that fire and brimstone preaching is still very much valid and needed for today. See, right now we're in the popularity uh, prosperity culture of preaching. We must understand if the Bible says in the book of Matthew, what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and yet lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? There's still a need, hello Holy Ghost, for that old fire and brimstone preaching. Because what you don't want to do is be that man or woman that will live your life or however God will allow you to live as long as you will and get all the way to the gate and get denied interest because you did not accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. 
What a tragedy it would be to go to church all your life and be in Bible study after Bible study, Sunday school after Sunday school, BTU after BTU, midweek service after midweek service, but yet never really truly accept the Lord and Savior as Jesus Christ in your life. What a tragedy to be talking about it but don't really know it. What a tragedy to say how much of a giver in church you are, how much you go to church, but yet the real church is not in you. How do you know that real church? Why and how? By the fruit that it bears. It does you no good to say how much you love a person, but you show them totally opposite. Jesus, and according to John 3.16, through God himself, for God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son, that whosoever, not by force, but by choice, would believe him and accept on him, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Oh, you don't want to be a dead man walking. What does that mean? That means you're upright and moving, but your moving is meaningless because your inner man is not born again. What does that mean? That means you talk about God only when it's applicable. You talk about God when you're in a deathly ill crisis. You talk about God when you're in dire straits. You talk about God when you're trying to get your plans off the ground and everything seems to fail. Then you won't call God in and save the day. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about to the one who knows that he's the one who saved them. He's sanctifying them. See, to be sanctified is not a one-time deal. Sanctification is a forever changing process for as long as you're living in this realm or sphere of living. God should be working on the inner man, purging out all the things that you don't need to become like the eternal man. Hello, Holy Ghost. So as I look at the scripture, so preacher, what I got to do? Well, there's some things that God gave me, and I hope that it blesses you as it's blessed me this morning. So there's three things I want to extract out, and there's many, many, many things that I could share out of the scriptures, but I want to just keep it honed in so that the podcast is not very long, but I pray that it's meaningful and worthy of listening to. And not only that, but sharing with somebody that their mind can be changed, their heart can be regulated. They can fix themselves in knowing that I need a change in my life. The first thing is this. He says, I want you to know this. you got to watch them. And we always say, who is it them? In this case, it's non-believers. It's people who will denounce God it's people who say that he ain't real. It's the people who say that you're doing all that holy roller stuff and all that Bible thumping stuff. It's those people that you got to watch out for. Because if you're not careful, it's many more of them than it is of you. Have you ever noticed that when you're trying to give people a positive word, there's always a negative Norman or, or a negative Nancy coming into your life trying to tell you something different to get you off track, to get you off kilter, to get you off balance? To get you to looking at the situation other than looking at the Savior. Here's what he said in scripture. Some of them stood there. When they heard that said this man calls for Elias. They were saying he was calling for one of the prophets. But then they, they mocked him. That's why they put king of the Jews over his head. Why? If he's the king of the Jews surely he can save himself. He's saving other people. They're mocking him. The world, them, mock you. They mock you. And this is what they said. And straightway, one of them ran and took him because they saw him struggling. 
You got to understand they had railroad ties that they nailed in his wrist. That we call it his hands, but they nailed him in his wrist. He didn't nail, they nailed it right there, right above his feet, right where the joints of the mold, the bone and the marrow in that regard. And they 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 crossed his legs and they drove it through and they and they arched his body so that it would be hard for him to breathe while he was on the cross. And you got to understand that they had already beat him to a pulp. They had obliterated his body. They were using all kinds of weaponry that was ripping the skin from his flesh to the point where he was unrecognizable. Pierced him in his side that blood and water ran out. And then they mocked him in that regard. So here's what I'm telling you, child of God, in the 21st century. You've got to watch out for them. The ungodly, or we would call it, a.k.a. the haters. You've got to watch out for your haters because they're not trying to befriend you, to bless you. They're not trying. I told you now, sometimes folk, when they ask you for a ride, they're not trying to be your friend. They just need a ride to get from point A to point B. So you're going to watch them. How do you know when you are in the midst of them? If you listen to the scriptures, he said you shall know them by what they produce. Not by what they just say, but what they say should line up with what they do. That's why James said in the book that be ye doers of the word and just not hearers only. What good does it do to you to be in church all that time, but you still got more hell in you than high water? You in church slapping and flipping and bucking and screaming, but yet don't nobody, can't nobody get along with you because you evil on the inside. But yet you talk about it. That's why I call it testifying. People try to up one-up us. Always want to tell somebody what they can do different and do better. I've told many, you ain't got to brag on who you are. You ain't got to talk about what you have. You ain't got to do none of those things. You just have to be. And when you be, you will see that God will get the glory. Amen. That's the first thing. The second thing is this. When you think it's over. When they think it's over. Verse number 50 says, Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. Meaning at that point, he took his last breath. He took his last breath. And in that last breath, the world, the them, the haters, think they've left you there to die. They're going on now. They're, they're skipping. They're bucking. They're flipping. They're hopping. They think it's over. That you down and you out. They're thinking that it's over. You shall never do again. Got them. It's over. That's what they did. That's what the soldiers did. That's what they did. They did. That's what Herod thought he did with Jesus in verse number 50. Thought it was over because he cried out. Here's what they said. Look at you. I thought you saved. I thought God loved you. Why are you sick? Why are you in the bed of affliction? Why are you going through? Why did God let your mama die? Why did God let your daddy die? Why did God let your big mama, your papa die? Why did God let your grandmother, grandfather die? That they, they were the ones who was your, your idol in your life. They were the one, your mentors. Your goal is your one that was sharing with you. That's what them, that's what the haters do to try to get your focus off God. The Bible says it was once again appointed for man to be born and to die. We don't like it, but it's real. But ah, bless it. The Bible says that when one of God's children die in the Lord, 
the angels rejoice when another one of his children come on home. And I'm going somewhere. So the second thing is, the first thing is watch them. The second thing is when they think it's over. And the last thing for the podcast this day, I want you to remember this. After the resurrection. What is the title of the podcast? Good news. He's still alive. So here it is. You're watching them. They're watching you. And rest assured, people are watching you. The second thing, when they think they got you, think it's over. They walk away brushing the shoulders off. Got him. It's over. Last point number three, and we'll close the podcast. After the resurrection, let's go on and finish up the reading of the scriptures. And behold, after he yielded up the ghost, verse number 50, and behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom, which symbolizes that there's really no need for a real priest, that at that point, Jesus is the high priest. Now, I'm not ruling priest out. They're still very much applicable, but you can go to God for yourself. You can go to God. You can pray to God. You don't need an intercessor, but it doesn't hurt to touch and agree with somebody for accountability purposes, to represent the biblical uh, two, meaning representing witness to get to God in that regard. And in that regard, you also said, and the earth did quake and the rocks rent and the graves were open and many of the bodies of saints which slept, what arose? Arose those who died pre-Jesus. And this is important that I put this in here. Those who died pre-Jesus were called people of the way. They were people who believed in the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. We are post-Jesus Christ believers that God realized that he had to come save those who were lost, created himself a body, came and laid in a manger, came through a virgin birth so that that baby would not be untainted, amen. That way he was born not into sin. He was the born into a world that he could fix sin, amen. In that regard that he would live 33 years in the earth perform miracles, do great and wonderful things, but then he thought it applicable that he said it's expedient that I go because he knew his time was drawing near that he, when I go, he will come. And when he come, he will teach you all things. That's for eternity. Hello, Holy Ghost. And that's the form of the Holy Spirit. That's the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. So when you understand that, you'll realize where I'm taking you right now. So here's the last point. After the resurrection, now here's verse number 54, amen, after 53, and came out of the grave after his resurrection, this is him resurrecting, and those that were asleep in God rose also and went into holy city and appeared unto many as a symbol and a sign that he's not dead. Why? Because he had already prophesied that the temple would be destroyed in three days it would rise again. We call it a phoenix rising from the ashes. Here is God through his son Jesus. He knew the world was going to crucify him. You got to remember. You got to remember when Pontius Pilate. You got to remember when they had Barabbas and they had Jesus and they said free Barabbas. The thief, the liar, and the robber. And had Jesus who had committed no sin but done great and marvelous things. And the world, them, haters said crucify him. But he knew his fate. He knew his destiny. He knew his calling. 
He knew his purpose in that regard. But he had to go through what we just read. He had to go, Eli, Eli, Lama, Sabathani, had saying, God, at this moment, why has thou forsaken me? He had to do it so that he could do and be that sacrificial lamb, that he could die once and for all. And if you choose to follow his teachings, you will never die. Here's why I close. Now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things which were done, they feared greatly saying, truly, this was the son of God. What do you mean, preacher? After the resurrection, you got to understand something. Jesus had already said he would rise again. What does that mean for you and I? You got to understand you can become the spiritual phoenix. You can rise after the world think that they obliterated you. They rubbed you to ashes. They killed you. They destroyed your joy. They robbed you of your pain. They think they've taken everything away. But I come to tell you in conclusion that after the resurrection of Jesus and many that rose with him, you still can rise again. Though you may have been sick, but you're not on the men, though the devil thought he had you laying flat on your back, looking to the ceiling, not knowing what tomorrow is going to bring, but yet you say today, I still rise. Maya Angelou said in her poem, still I rise. What does she mean by that? That means looking to the author and finisher of her faith, she realizes that in Christ, we shall never die. You got to realize that when God is the one, if God plus one is the majority, and you can say, even though your haters have come, yet you shall rise. You will rise again, child of God. You'll overcome sickness. You'll overcome death and disease. You'll overcome racism. You'll overcome hatred. You'll overcome the pandemic. You'll overcome the other things of, of the, the things that has happened in this life. When you rise in Christ, you shall never die. Here's what I close and say. In Christ, I shall never know defeat. Though the world will try to slay me, yet will I trust God. Though the haters try to ridicule and lie on me, I will rise above them. Why? Because I'm an eagle soarer, not a crow settler. Amen. I'll keep rising above my situation. Though I get knocked down, as long as I'm not knocked out and die in the midst of the valley of despair, I'll get back up and I'll rise again. So you rise above your situation. You rise above your problem. You rise above hatred. You rise above racism. You rise above all the things that the world and the devil think he's got you knocked out and knocked down. You let the devil know, I shall never know defeat. And then you can say, in that day, one of these old mornings, when it's all over, me, my mother, my daddy, my brothers and sisters that have gone on in the Lord, we're going to walk what? Around heaven all day. So as we close our Triple C podcast on this Resurrection Sunday, I want you to be blessed and may the fire of God burn in your loins as, as it said, this like a fire shut up in my bones. Let God glorify his life through you and that world will see children of God shall never die. So you glow as we close Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this time and this podcast on this Resurrection Sunday. We know that it's happening. Be with us now. Until the next podcast, Triple C out. In Jesus' name, be blessed. Walk with me, my mama, and my dad. In Jesus' name, amen.
Sunday. 